but there's often a large population within every organization that are not utilizing the doctor or the medical system at all. Real data metrics that show when a patient's at a high risk of a workman's comp claim, of a orthopedic injury, and so we find those employees before they get injured, that saves the company a lot of money. And so, and more importantly, in my opinion, it also uh, is a much better outcome for the individual in their own health. How's it going, everybody? I'm Dr. White. Nathan Barr. And we are here for another Healthy Business Matters podcast. Um, last uh, podcast, we were talking uh, and we mentioned that we thought a really great opportunity for a topic would be ROI. Obviously, that's where kind of the, uh, the rubber meets the road, per se, for a lot of our clients, just making sure that while, you know, basically every client, at least in sales meetings that I'm in, uh, you know, they definitely care about their people, but they also, and we totally get this as business owners ourselves, they need to make sure it's a prudent uh, fiscal decision that they're not just throwing money out the window. And so it's a topic that we often talk about in our sales meetings, uh, I know both of us do. And so it's one that um, I'm definitely passionate about because I want our employers to see that there is value to be had. I think the longevity of our solutions as well are somewhat dependent on our ability to return the value back to that employer. It is one thing where um, where you have a nice solution. Nice solutions last for only so long. And then if that business doesn't see the value, it, it drops. And we've seen that time and time again in this in this employer space with solutions. Um, you're seeing some current state wellness solutions that that was the buzzword, you know, wellness, wellness everything, biometrics. But it didn't change behaviors and utilization and all those things. And so employers are continuing to Burden, um, you know that ever ever rising healthcare costs, and so yeah. How do you take services like ours, combine that the heart and the feel with that HR leader, uh, but also how do you also uh, provide the value to your financial leader within an organization? And, and it's got to be both sides. Um, I think it, it, it's not one or the other. I think you need both. They're very very important together. Yeah, I agree. And I think the you know we had an episode. Uh, recently that you may have seen on engagement. If you missed that, it was a great episode. I'd highly recommend you go back because uh, we both agree that uh, engagement is probably one of the most important metrics when it comes to any type of on-site or health solution. And I would say, just before we even get into the number side, that that engagement piece, in my opinion, is one of the most valuable parts of ROI um, because at the end of the day, and we mentioned this in the episode, as employers ourselves, we can empathize with the frustration if you are an employer and you're investing in some sort of benefit and the utilization of said benefit is low. Because then not only is it frustrating as an employer because you feel like you're wasting money on something that you saw value in, but more importantly, when you talk about retention of employees and you're you're pointing to your benefits as one of the ways you retain your employees, the only way those benefits are actually helping retention is if utilization is high because utilization high equals high perceived value from the employees. If your employees don't even know the benefit exists and they're not using it, they can't perceive any value from it. And so I just wanted to hit on before we get into the numbers, 
that's why we harp so much on the value of engagement and why we really built our businesses around making sure engagement was high. Because like we mentioned, I think, you know, one of the things we bonded over again when we first met was our frustration with the idea that on-site health and wellness works. It's just that it hasn't historically worked because it doesn't get good engagement. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in investing in a solution, not just having a solution that you put into place. There's so many cheap solutions out there that will sell a uh, a dollar or two PPM, and it's it's financially attractive to the employer because like my risk is low by investing in this. But you see that there's no engagement, and yes, without engagement in that solution, their proposed results just won't happen. They just won't happen. So it's that you have to understand. It, it's one of those you know terms. It takes an investment to get that return. You have to be thinking that direction. Uh, with these types of services, especially healthcare, that's a very high touch um, style approach that does produce those results. Yeah, and I think you know one parallel or analogy that I'll often use in sales meetings that most business owners totally understand is this concept of like marketing or advertising. Uh, like if I approached you as business owner and said, you know, hi, I've got this amazing advertising opportunity for your business. And it's only going to cost you, you know, 50 bucks a month. And you're like, oh, wow, that's super cheap. That's easy to justify. What is it? I'm like, well, you're going to get it like a five by five square on a billboard. It's like, well, can anybody see a five by five square? Like, isn't, the, does, doesn't need to be bigger? Well, sure. It, it, you're right. Like if it was bigger, it'd probably be more effective, yeah. but that's going to cost more money. And so again, there's this idea that when it comes to marketing and business, we understand that there's the threshold where you need to spend enough to break through to reach people, or you need to make the big enough investment to buy the correct uh, you know, machinery or, the, or whatever it is. You might need to spend a little bit more money, but the effectiveness uh, dramatically increases, and then suddenly there's this massive ROI. And so there's yeah. that threshold that if you're spending too little, you're going to get no ROI, but if you get over that hump, then suddenly there's a lot to be had there. Yeah, correct. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. So, yeah, jumping a little bit to that the ROI kind of conversation mm-hmm. and where where is ROI produced? And that's one of the things where, as we've been talking to business owners, they always ask, "Well, how do you how do we attribute the savings to the work you're doing?" Uh, I think a lot of people have gone out there and, and said these things, but have very low engagement and um, can't prove that their services do work. So. Um, I start me, you know, thinking about examples too. I know some examples from your business, some from ours that we talk about a lot is is taking the utilization metrics that you see within your health plan. So typically, you got to be in a self-funded uh, insurance model to have access to that data. Uh, in fully insured models, you're probably going to have visibility to that. But but looking at your data and having a data-driven approach to where you can actually prove that the services you're doing. So for us at Health Bar. We look at urgent care utilization, ER utilization, and primary care utilization and say there's appropriate uses of these services, but at the volumes that you're seeing on your plan, they're way too high. Um, So then we show implementation of our services and then track directly against those trends when we go live to when um, those savings are produced and you can see a direct correlation, Uh, but then showing the utilization and engagement Mm -hmm. of our services and, and, and that really that direct direct correlation between enhancement and use of our services and reduction in costs and utilization of traditional medical sources inappropriately. 
Yeah, and you know, Nate and I, uh, you know, when our companies work together, we work kind of synergistically. And so, again, there's other ROI that we'll get to, um, you know, once we start to talk about how if you pair vendors together that are working closely together, then that can also help to drive utilization and engagement and overall ROI. But to Nate's point, before we get there, uh, yeah, the you know we both have a process on the front end that when we're going through the discovery process, going into a sales uh, process with a potential client, that we are trying to look at historical data uh, because uh, you know Nate said they're focusing a lot. Uh, at Health Bar with the traditional health services um, outside of basically surgical and emergent type stuff mm-hmm. um, where we uh, at Alinico we look at a lot of the musculoskeletal issues so a lot of the repetitive stress injuries and the different uh, modalities that patients are typically going for those sometimes that is an allopathic setting um, sometimes we can track that you know, there's patients who are going to, you know, often in some of our clients, if they have uh, a lot of uh, entry-level positions, whether they're migrant workers or just lower socioeconomic status, sometimes they don't know how to use the healthcare system, so they their back hurts, they have a headache, they end up going to the ER. Uh, but often there's also a lot of data showing, you know, there might be on average 20 to 30% of the total population in the company that is regularly using some service like ours. Maybe they're going to a chiropractor, they're going to a physical therapist, they're going to a massage. And so we can track all of that data and show you know, you're already, you know, basically every time we've looked at this, uh, companies are already spending what they would pay us or more uh, just just to serve 30% of their, you know, 20-30% of their people. So by taking those same dollars and us bringing a better product on site, so it's going to be a better service, better engagement, we're going to be able to not only serve 20 or 30%, but serve everybody. And so it's a usually a, a, a eye-opening situation because we both use more value-based pricing as opposed to that fee-for-service model, uh, which you know we can maybe get into in a different episode. But, uh, but yeah, I think, again, there's a lot of ROI just often just looking at the data before we even get in the doors. Yeah, data, data-driven approach. And then you mentioned kind of that redirection of the healthcare funnel. Yeah. Um, and so doing things in inpatient settings, in hospital and insurance network settings, typically costs a lot more money than doing it in, um, you know, in settings and services that we provide, on-site clinics and home visits and virtual health. Um, we're able to do that in that true value-based approach. So it's not a fee-for-service model. It's paying a fee and receiving a whole set of services and then providing ourselves that access point to help navigate and, and direct individuals to highest cost, lowest quality, um, if it's maybe not ourselves, but to other vendors. So yes, for us, you know, we'll, we'll live in that medical side and then partnering with Alignco to, to have uh, support with the orthopedic MSK side and putting the two together, um, redirecting that much of the funnel and utilization then exponentially increases those savings. I mean, a visit for, you know, a person may be paying, you know, 15, 20, 30 bucks a month for our services. If you start shifting utilization that's done in the healthcare setting, you know, you're taking a three, four, five hundred dollar claim off the books nearly every time we interact with a patient. And so the savings, um, you just need to have two of those occur to generate the ROI on your services for annual costs. Um, it doesn't take much, and I think that's where 
people see, you know, they're used to seeing the solutions that you have to spend $5 a month on. And they're like, well, that seems what market rate is. And they see maybe a little bit higher fee of 15, 20, $30 PPM. Like that seems so expensive. But if you think about what we're offsetting with our services, the ROI is there nearly immediately. Yeah, and you know, the, the other thing that I think, you know, we both do really well, getting back to just the engagement piece, is I always talk in our sales process that we're going to look at your historical data before we ever get in the door so that we can project your potential savings where we see potential liabilities and issues and and barriers to care for your people. Uh, And then we are going to talk about vendors that's out, you know, if we see, you know, like when we're doing an analysis of HealthBar isn't already working with the client, we're going to look through and say, hey, you know, we have this vendor HealthBar or there's also prescription services we haven't even talked about that we know there's other vendors we can loop in again based on where your your numbers you know show that there's value to be had but i also point out often in these meetings that you know all this historical data is useful but it's not telling the full story because it's only showing claims that have happened but what we all know is that there's often a large population within every organization that are not utilizing the doctor or the medical system at all. And those are those uh, blind spots that you know we talk about with clients, like, hey, you know, we're gonna help to point out where your blind spots are because we're gonna go in and we're gonna get great engagement and we're gonna start to analyze employees and de-identify that data and come back to you and show, well, there was this like 30, you know, 10, 15, 30% percent of your population that we're at a high risk of injury like at least on our end we often look at kind of again the musculoskeletal repetitive stress injuries and there are real data metrics to show when a patient's at a high risk of a workman's comp claim of a orthopedic injury and so we find those employees before they get injured and then we you know intervene and again that saves the company a lot of money and so and more importantly in my opinion it also uh, isn't much better outcome for the individual in their own health. And so, again, I think by getting good engagement, then now you're getting even better data because you're not just waiting for the employee to self-diagnose, to self, you know, like to go out there and use the system to the best of their ability, but you're actually having providers on site who are getting better engagement and then collecting better data to make better decisions. Yeah, that's that rising risk category is what we call it in there. Yeah, they're the ones who are the ticking time bombs, essentially, yes. right? They're going to they're gonna end up in a big claim. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can get there, identify them, and then be proactive at addressing those needs, that's where you can get ahead of a lot of that spend. To where it's not even realized that you can shift, you can shift utilization to our services, but then if you can prevent utilization altogether, um, that's even better. Because now we're changing lives, we're making people healthier. Uh, we're educating people on appropriate use of the healthcare system and how to take care of themselves. Um, now you're now you're really in that next level of a program. Yeah. yeah, and I think the I think the last two points in ROI, uh, there's definitely soft, uh, more of the soft savings, if you will, uh, around just employee engagement again is going to increase typically retention of the employees because they're going to have a high perceived value of the benefits their employer is offering. Uh, you know, we often see and track like less sick days because one of the things that we'll uh, uh, talk to employees about is, you know, if they have any health issues, we'll ask them, you know, specific questions around how is this affecting your work? So we can start to look at productivity. We'll also ask specific questions around have you been taking time off of work historically because of these issues? And so again, we can start to show that once these issues are getting better, they're more engaged at work. 
they're healthier. And so there are soft costs there um, that are we acknowledge are harder to track or harder to truly quantify. Uh, and, and I understand those arguments, but they are real. And they're real because you can see the testimonials. That, you know, in our next episode, we're actually going to talk a lot about some of the stories, like the real stories behind these programs and, and the lives that they're impacting. And those are where, again, in my opinion, are the biggest advocates and ROI for me is in the actual employees' lives that are being impacted. Yeah, you're changing. The employer has the ability, and I love saying this to these employers, you know, to anyone um, who's using our services, but we could sit and wait for healthcare to change, but healthcare's not changing itself. They're just not going to. Mm-hmm. Um, so the employer, you as the employer, has that unique ability to change someone's life uh, by leveraging services like ours and to impact culture and to provide a work environment and a home that is more meaningful than the work you're doing and also you know, is taking care of that individual. So it's a it's an awesome spot to be. And the, you know, how do you quantify an ROI on, on improving and changing someone's life and health trajectory? I mean, that's you know infinitely valuable. Um, and we'll never truly realize the impacts, unfortunately, or be able to probably measure them. But um, do know that it is happening. Yeah, and, and again, and you can even see that in, again, an employee retention, when you look at the reasons why most people leave a job, it's not typically just money, and uh, it's usually more of the soft issues. It's a culture issue. It's they don't feel seen, they don't feel heard, they don't feel respected. It's, you know, money definitely plays a factor for people when they leave jobs, but when you look at just the total, like the statistics, it's actually usually more of soft issues that play a bigger role. But I think the last thing I want to hit on with ROI is uh, again going back to the beginning of the conversation around a lot of the frustrations around as an employer paying for benefits and not getting the uh, you know the utilization. I think one of the biggest pieces of ROI when you're having vendors working together. So uh, again, one of the reasons why Nate and I started this podcast together is because as companies are working closer together, we've realized that there's this amazing uh, synergy and. Some of the best outcomes when you look at healthcare in the U.S., when you look at the hospital systems that are getting the best outcomes for patients, they typically are in a collaborative setting. It's where there are healthcare providers, multidisciplinary, that are working together because they bring different expertise and different ways of viewing the patients. And so we have really stumbled into a way to bring that on site because when we're working together, uh, when, when I'm sending a chiropractor on site into a business and one of uh, health bars, nurses, nurse practitioners is on site, then they can work together. We've, we've been working internally with our teams to uh, improve our communication so that our providers are able to communicate back and forth. So if an employee comes in and speaks to a nurse and they see an option like Nate was getting at around an intervention uh, that uh, needs to be around the MSK or ortho, then they'll immediately ping the provider, uh, the chiropractor that's going on site, and vice versa. Um, and then again, with the RX provider um, that uh, the health bar often uh, uses and has a great relationship with, again, between our three companies, we can redirect employees as they're engaging. And so there's something to be said about when vendors are working together in a collaborative way, there's something really special there because then you're getting uh, exponential return because now we're helping to drive utilization even higher amongst um, ourselves across the board. We're getting better engagement. We're, uh, you know, just, you know, when you look at all of our individual savings and you're compiling them, it really starts to paint a really compelling picture. Yeah, yeah, comprehensive solutions that, that fill all those gaps. Um, so that way we can 
do what's most appropriate in that outpatient setting and, and remove as much as possible from high cost settings and, and other um, inefficient means of healthcare delivery. Yeah, awesome. Well, we hope that uh, you've enjoyed this podcast. Again, if you um, if you found it useful, we would love if you would uh, give us a rating. You share the podcast with someone you think would uh, would get a lot out of it. Uh, and then in the next episode, again, we're going to be sharing some uh, stories. Again, I think where uh, Nate and I both get the most excited is again hearing the testimonials from the employees that we're actually reaching. And so we're going to be sharing in the next episode about that. So again. Like, subscribe, and share if it's uh, been impactful for you. We hope you have a blessed day. Thank you.